So many Americans are proud of their Irish heritage, and so many also enjoy treasured memories of their travels through the Emerald Isle. Hi, I'm Rick Steves. Ireland used to be charming, historic, and poor. But over the last few years, European Union investment has quickly changed that last part, making Ireland one of Europe's wealthiest countries. These days, Ireland is looking pretty good, and with a nationwide ban on smoking in the pubs, she smells a lot nicer, too. Today on Travel with Rick Steves, we'll visit with my Irish tour guide friends Stephen McPhillamy from the North and Declan Field from the Republic. These animated Irishmen will fill us in on the very latest tips for enjoying their homeland. No such thing as a stranger, just friends we have not yet met. We'll help you get the most out of your time and money and take your calls, too. It's Ireland on today's Travel with Rick Steves. Stay with us. Travel with Rick Steves is brought to you by American Airlines. With their new Advantage Award booking tool, it's easier than ever to book to over 800 Advantage Award destinations online at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves, and we're in Ireland, and I've got with me two of my favorite Irishmen, Declan Field from the county of Cork in the Republic, even the deep south of Ireland, and Stephen McPhillamy on the opposite side of Ireland, way up on the north coast in the city of Derry. Stephen and Declan, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Pleasure, Rick. And we want to talk with our American listening audience about Ireland. It's one of the most popular destinations these days for travelers, and... um, I think it's so rewarding for Americans to visit. Part of it is because it's a distinct culture that's very proud of itself. People in Ireland take time to talk to you, and we Americans who are famous for speaking only English can understand the language. It's quite nice. If you're uh, going to Ireland, you have to make a a decision. Do you take a tour and you follow this predictable, clichetic, big bus tour route, or do you adventure out on your own? Uh, Declan and Stephen, from your Irish opinion, where do the typical tour buses take you? What what is the sort of the um, gimmicky Ireland? Okay, I'd say there's a standard route that seventy five percent would take. Would take. I think you'd see the Ring of Kerry definitely there. Cork, the southwest, maybe the west would be the big features. Mm-hmm. Dublin, starting in Dublin, then featuring the southwest. There are tours that come to Ireland and only do the southwest. However, Bunratty Castle, Bunratty Castle, Killarney, that yeah, Blarney Castle, Blarney uh, Kiss the Blarney Stone, the, uh, the Blarney Stone, and then of course on the on the west coast, Connemara as well. A lot of a lot of people would go to Connemara. So if you want to have that kind of Ireland, I mean, there's good reason to go to those places, but they are inundated with tour buses because there's so many tourists going to the obvious places that are set up for the mass tourism. Yeah, certainly. Uh, if, if if you want the wonders of Bunratty Castle, why do they go there? Well, it's a great medieval castle. There's music and there's an open air folk museum. What would a good alternative be? To uh, Bunratty Castle, uh, a good alternative could be, I'd say, just skip a castle altogether and go out onto one of the Iron Islands uh, off the west coast of Ireland for traditional lifestyles. You so know. that would be a living open air folk museum. Yeah, absolutely. Really. Yeah, there's like uh, 900 islanders who live on Inishmore, and you'd be out with them and amongst them, and uh, they're not putting any show on; they're actually living there. You know, so that's right. These are the islands due west of Galway, uh, out in Galway Bay. Yeah, you can you can fly from uh, just outside Galway, or else you take a ferry from a little town called Rossaville uh-huh. and it'll bring you over to uh, Inishmore. Uh, and also, if you were keen on castles, I mean, there's hundreds, thousands of them in Ireland. The Normans built thousands, uh, which aren't necessarily your big majestic palaces, but many of them are still lived in today. These are Norman castles? Norman tower houses from the 12th century. Yeah, they're castles. And so Norman conquest. I mean, these are the guys from Normandy, William the Conqueror, and so on. They actually conquered Ireland too. Yeah, after they conquered England, came across uh, ourselves. Uh, any Irish family with fits... For example, before they earn their name, means really? Norman. Fitzwilliam. He's Fitz a Frenchman William. then, actually. Yeah, Fitzpatrick comes from the, uh, the French word fees, son. Ah. And the son. Normans came from Norway. Normans came from Northman. Norway to Normandy, yeah, first. And then I think they spoke medieval French when they went to England. And yeah. then when they came to us, many of them still had a, quite a large amount of French in their oh, vocabulary. They, yeah, they spoke French. So yeah. if you want the traditional lifestyle, you would go to the Aran Islands. If you want the dramatic beauty that people find in the Ring of Kerry... I mean, that is really the quintessential Emerald Island majesty, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a traffic jam. I mean, the buses have to go in the same direction. There's so many of them. Yeah. You've got um, basically three large peninsulas that go out into the uh, Atlantic Ocean from the south of Ireland. And uh, one would be the Ring of Bera, or the Bera Peninsula. Right. And then you'd have the Ring of Kerry, the Ivira Peninsula, and then the Dingle Peninsula. So you, you could go to either one of these. I mean, maybe the, the less touristy, in my mind, would be the Bera Peninsula uh, in West Cork. 
and, and it's as beautiful as Kerry? It's as beautiful as uh, both of really? the, the aforementioned ones, yeah. Hmm. And um, then the, another one which possibly would be less touristy than the Ring of Kerry also would be the Dingle Peninsula. Yeah, the three big peninsulas for your Ireland in the extreme southwest coast where people speak Gaelic and all this would be Brera, uh, Bera, Bera, Bera yeah. Ring of Kerry, and Dingle. Uh, yes. Ring of Kerry is the, the name of the road, the, the peninsula yeah, is actually... the Ivira Peninsula. Ivira Peninsula, yeah. but we know it, tourists know it as Ring of Kerry and Dingle. So all the mainstream tour buses go to the Ring of Kerry. I've been sending people to Dingle for 20 years. I really like it, but it's getting quite touristed. Uh, but it's sort of an open-air folk museum from all this ancient... Uh, prehistoric uh, stone circle kind of point of view, uh, ancient uh, tombs and, and fortresses. Like Dingle is the peninsula where Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman went to film Far and Away back in 92. So that's got max, massive Hollywood exposure, dramatic picture postcard scenery, but the Barra Peninsula definitely is the one that's not marketed uh, uh, in the same way. I drove a tour once to um, the Ring of Kerry, guided a tour there, and they have this wonderful... Um, man who has a sheep dog a sheep dog with sheep you know and you pull up and you pay him a few pounds and he uh, rounds up the sheep with the sheep dog but uh, one particular day we pulled up and the shepherd or the guy with the sheep dog wasn't there no dog but the sheep still came running towards our bus they knew in flock yeah you know? <laughs> they were in, trained in full formation you know oh, well, I don't know ah. if they were trained as such but they're so used to running down to the bus and getting the procedure over that they came down even Every without day at the sheep 10, 11, the 12, and yeah. 2, they come down on the tour bus. <laughs> the sheep knew. That's great. So I think people should understand they have an option. Yeah, and they do, uh, yeah. I would think the Irish people you're going to meet in the Ring of Kerry are pretty much tuned into making some money. Yeah, well, not all of them, of course. I mean, uh, you, you, you'll also meet um, uh, genuine people who uh, would welcome you into their house and uh, would, love, would love to have a conversation with you. Like, we have this natural kind of curiosity about people in Ireland. Uh, we, we love exchanging ideas and and, uh, and finding out about you and telling you about us. That seems to be a beautiful thing about Ireland and you can find that in the B&Bs. I think some of the best oh, B&Bs yeah. anywhere in Europe are in yeah, Ireland. Yeah. People enjoy the world coming to their home. They don't need to travel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you walk into a, a B&B, I mean, if, it, if it's raining outside, which uh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes it does in Ireland, right. the, 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 the ban on TIG or, or the woman of the house, she, she'll make sure you have, she'll find an umbrella for you or right. she'll, she might drive you down to the local town, you know, to facilitate your, 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 your stay there, you know. I remember vividly when you say that Mrs. Farrell, who's my favorite B&B hostess in Dingle, running out after me in the morning with an umbrella. You yeah, know, absolutely. You crazy yeah. boy, you call yourself a travel writer. You don't have an umbrella, you're in Ireland. Take mine and be back by 8 o'clock because Danny and his band are playing Irish nice, folk music yeah, down at the yeah. pub. Mm. And Mrs. Farrell had a map on her refrigerator and she had all the states there. And she had blacked in every state from where she had had a visitor. Wow. And she said, if you know anybody from Wyoming, they got a free bed here. You know, she's trying <laughs> to fill out the... So uh, you, can, you can go into the B&Bs and meet the people even in the touristy zones and, of course, the pubs. Yeah, of course, the pubs, yeah. The, uh, the, the pubs would be the, the social epicenter of Ireland. I mean, that's where in, in Europe people would go to the restaurant to, to meet or they'd go to each other's homes to meet, you know. Right. But in, in, in Ireland, um, even if you go out to somebody's home for a meal, uh, you make sure you, you finish your meal by about 10 o'clock so you, you can get out to the pub for the last pint. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You rush your dinner in the home to get out to oh, the yeah, pub. Oh, yeah, to get out for the last pint. The emphasis yeah. is definitely on the pub and, and, the, and the crack that flows there and the, the social intercourse there and, the, and the getting in amongst the people more so than the dinners. I've just the crack? Back. Crack meaning uh, good fun. Good fun. Gaelic, so good yeah. fun. They say good crack on the good window. Crack, They're yeah. advertising good fun, good yeah. conversation. So if an Irishman asks any of your listeners when they get to Ireland... Do you have any crack? There's no need to reach for their handbags or anything like that. It's not, <laughs> not no, going to find it there. It's just what a good, yeah. good pub has. It's, yeah. it's, it's a good conversation. Yeah. And, we, and I've found from traveling abroad, I'm often amazed maybe at the lack of pubs that are here. You know, I see it as a lack, really, because I've just come back from Quebec there for two weeks and no pub for 25, 30 miles. Yeah. The emphasis was all on the dinner at night, three or four hour-long meals. and hmm, That's the difference. That's not, not our thing in Ireland, I don't think. Now, a lot of Americans put off by the pubs because they assume they're very smoky, but didn't Ireland just go smoke-free entirely? That's for the last right. two years now, mm. it's been entirely smoke-free. No smoking in the pubs? No, no. smoking whatsoever. No. Is that enforced? Uh, Strictly enforced, yeah. First nation state in the world to ban smoking. How, how's that going after two years? I know it's going, uh, going very successfully. I don't think there's been that many prosecutions. See, if you uh, anyone's caught in your pub smoking... The person who owns a pub is the one punished, not the person smoking. They'll lose their pub license, and that's a license really? to print money. An alcohol license in Ireland is a license to print money, literally, because I've never met a poor publican ever. So what's a, what's a, you've never met a poor publican? That's interesting. What's, uh, where do people smoke? Out to the, at the doors. Outside so these people yeah. will be outside of the oh, pub with they, their beer smoking. They, they'll be standing outside the pub, yeah, with their beer. Quite often they, they'll have a, a little beer garden at the back of the pub, and there, and there may be a, a kind of a, an outdoor patio heater there. 
and people will congregate around that and puff away. Uh, and it's really enhanced the whole environment. And and the, and the most remarkable thing for me is it's the smoking community, the smoking people are sort of appreciating it most and, and uh, respecting it most. And it's been no. uh, inspiration for other countries in Europe because other countries are going with this uh, draconian no smoking in uh, eating places, yeah, drinking seems places. Yeah, will be up in Scandinavia and elsewhere they're moving on. Now, you guys have a very hot economy. I mean, 10 years ago we called it the Tiger, uh, what is it, the Celtic Tiger. Celtic Tiger. Is it still hot? It still is hot at the moment, yeah. I mean, we, we've got about... Uh, I, I actually live in France, and when I left, when, when I left Ireland in '87, there was 22% unemployment in the country, right. and I was one of the last um, of the stream of, of uh, immigrants out of Ireland, and now we have less than 3%. Well, those days you were exporting labour. We were exporting, exactly. And yeah. now you're importing labour for yeah, the first yeah. time in history. Yeah. 100,000 Polish have arrived in Dublin since last May, and these wow. people have all got jobs. I know from my own tour organising, when we take a tour to, to Ireland, it's expensive. I mean, it's hard to travel in Ireland inexpensively. You have a new affluence there. Uh, how does that affect your, your day-to-day lives? Is, has it been a good thing? I think it's just, it's you know, life, we don't maybe notice it as, it as expensive. We're a well-paid society. Wages are high, but, mm-hmm. you know, people don't mind you're out there. Your, um, so high wages, high prices, better food. Yeah, great food in the pubs now. Government's encouraging us to spend. We've got a big thing coming this year now, where we were uh, for three or four years. We were, we had a savings scheme where for every two pounds that we put in, the government would give us another pound, a tax free. That's all allowed to be released now this year in the society. So we're going to have something like three, four. Is it maybe no, maybe thirteen billion? 13, About, well, there, there was actually a, the, the government uh, this year once uh, it totted up its figures. It realised that it had, I think, a surplus, 30, a, a yeah. surplus of three and a half billion. Yeah. So and they've been, they've bribed you to save money, and yeah. now there's but no we have, more. It's just that we have so much money in the country, yeah. we, we we can't spend it quick enough. Yeah. And we have thirteen billion coming back into the society this year that has been saved tax-free for the last three or five yeah. years in a special government scheme. So this year they're <coughs> expecting sales of yachts and BMWs. Oh my and goodness! The economy is going to go through oh, the roof. Yeah. Now, because, I mean, people talk about it. What does a pint of beer cost now in a pub? Uh, if you get a pint of beer in Dublin, yeah. it's going to cost you maybe €4.50. Euros 50. Four, that's like $6. Yeah, but if, if you go uh, 20 miles outside of Dublin, it'll drop down to three fifty. Okay, still 5 bucks for a pint. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, you got enough money to pay for it. Well, everybody finds the money to pay for the odd pint. All right, Absolutely. Something. It's always fun. <laughs> you guys, when Americans go to Ireland, uh, they're anticipating British cuisine a lot of times, but the cuisine is actually quite good now in Ireland. You've got a lot of French uh, influence uh, yeah, that you find in the restaurants. Chefs from France, chefs from Italy. I mean, if you're a young chef down in the south of Italy or in the south of France and you want to make good money right now, well, Ireland's the place to come. That's right. There's we're plenty spending. of money to go to nice restaurants. We have it and we want to spend it. We're not a, we're not a saving society. We want to, you know, easy come, easy go, get rid of it. Plus our chefs, our own chefs have trained, because of emigration, have trained in Australia, San Francisco, you know, you name it, they've been there and there's a fuse, a great fusion of food with brilliant ingredients. And when you're talking about um, English cuisine, I know it has a very bad reputation, British cuisine, but even that's getting better now. But the one thing you have in Ireland is all the vegetables are fresh right. um, and all the meat is obviously second to none, you know, because we, we, we've, we've got, if there's one thing we have a lot of in Ireland is uh, rain. Yeah. So if you have a lot of rain, you have a lot of grass and what eats sheep and cattle eat grass so we've got you know and more than potatoes uh, we have a lot of potatoes too more than and, potatoes though you and, don't and just get potatoes for your vegetables oh, you anymore. oh yeah you, 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 you get a carrot spot yeah. and, and a great selection of seafood as well if you like that that's going to be a wonderful experience for you ever bless and defend the sweet land of our birth where the shamrock still blooms as when the there's plenty more in Ireland coming right up on Travel with Rick Steves. 877 333 Travel with Rick Steves is brought to you by American Airlines with 4,000 flights to 250 cities in some 40 countries around the world every day. It's easy to book your next flight at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly.
Io viaggio con Rick Steves. I'm Alfio Di Mauro from Catania and I was Sicilian for I travel with Rick Steves. Io viaggio con Rick Steves. This is great. I'm talking with Declan Field from County Cork and Stephen McPhillamy from the north of Ireland, the town of Derry. And we've got some people on the line. Let's talk to some of our callers here. Kim in Atlanta, Georgia. Kim, what are your thoughts for uh, Stephen and Declan? Well, I, I agree. There's no question that Ireland is the place to go. It will take my 31st trip there driving. Uh, I eschew the tour buses, so I'm a little in. I have a little bit of a disagreement in terms of the prioritization for any American going over there for the first time. I would suggest still trying to drive, if it's possible, and rent your own car, mm-hmm. uh, unless you can't and you're restricted or you're, I guess, scared of their left-hand driving. But we've had no problem with our people. We usually take uh, one and two, no more than three car pulls over, and uh, it's wonderful. Uh, I, I avoid the ring of carry simply because of the more touristy. I, I know every inch of the dingle, and it is my favorite place without any question. This last summer, I went down to the Bantry Bay area and the Cork area and, and explored the Barra Peninsula and really enjoyed that. I've never been there, never done that before. How would you describe, because we all know the Ring of Kerry uh, is just sort of the front door bus tour thing. I love Dingle. I don't know Barra. You've been to both. How do you describe Barra and Dingle? How do you compare them, the two peninsulas? Well, in Barra, I think I passed maybe 20 cars in an entire day, and I was there over a week. A lot of the castles there, it was, you had to walk across... Uh, uh, private yards and and along the coastline it was very interesting very challenging and uh, a little scary because there was nobody there but the, hmm. the locals had no problem with crossing over the property you're in between you you're right in the sheep now and the cows right and, and i found that a lot different from anything i've ever found on the dingle or any other the dingle was a little more civilized basically uh, it a lot more. And anybody going to the Dingle, I would suggest if you're going to go across Connors Pass, go from the north to the south. It's a lot more dramatic hmm. and a lot more uh, spectacular than going from south to north. Now, I heard just recently they have a law requiring the signposts to be in Gaelic only. Is that true? In Dingle, no, it's officially Andangan, which Dangan. means the fortress. I got to change my whole terminology now. Absolutely. I mean, some people in the village are upset. Some some people aren't. Some people think, well, you know, we're Gaelic speakers here. We get tax incentives for being Gaelic speakers, and we're proud to be Gaelic speakers. So let's let's call it what it is. So my favorite corner of Ireland is no longer Dingle Peninsula. Yeah, it's well, what is it? But you're, Undangan. Undangan. But your name has been mentioned in the press in Ireland um, because a lot of people are saying, well, Dingle is now a brand. You know, this is an international brand. Dingle has been made famous by people like yourself and, and other other uh, right. people who love Ireland that yeah. come from the United States. So you know? where, where the smoking ban has been enforced, this yeah. uh, on Danganness has not been. That'll be a tough sell. Yeah, has not been enforced. Interesting. At all. Yeah. Kim, but, any other thoughts? Well, I will jump in and say about the smoking ban. I was propitiously impressed to find that the Irish accepted that so willingly. It was difficult to stay in a pub after hours since I'm a non-smoker mm-hmm. uh, for too long because it became so concentrated. It was very difficult to enjoy your beer and talk yeah. with the locals over a period of time because you just get a screaming headache. But uh, and your clothes would last, stink afterwards. Yeah, in the last two years, I mean, the last year and a half, it, it's been wonderful. I was really impressed with the fact that they took it so well. This is huge for Americans, and it makes the traditional Irish culture much more enjoyable and accessible, I think. Kim, yes. th- thanks so much, Kim, for your call. No Thank problem. You, Bye now. we got Debbie on the line in Albany, New York. Hi, Debbie. Hi, how are you? Great. Thanks for calling. I was just, uh, I remember seeing this on your website, and I included in my comments that I brought in, not to miss the North, because there's just some really fantastic things besides the dairyman. <laughs> the, the Ring of Kerry is nice, but um, Carica Reed is wonderful. Uh, going to through the Glenshane Pass, and of course, don't miss the Giant's Causeway. I mean, that's one of those things that people see in books now, but it really does exist. Okay, so Debbie, you're saying when you go to Ireland, be sure you um, include the North. Yeah, I would. I mean, I know a lot of people seem to be, um, you know, leery of going to Belfast, but it's tremendous shopping down downtown. It's just an amazing place to be. But even if you don't have a car and go around to those places on the coast of, of uh, the north of Ireland, it's spectacular. There's parts of the coast where you can stand and actually see Scotland from there on a clear day. Wow. Did you take a rental car from the Republican to the north? No, we did. There was no problem at all. No problem at all. No, no extra expense, no um, formalities for insurance or anything? I don't believe so. It's just one um, one particular rental that you can pick it up at Dublin Airport. You can pick it up at Belfast. And if you're coming in from Europe, or I'm not sure if they land here from the United States, another really good way to get into the north is to come through Belfast City Airport. There's all kinds of mass transport, and the taxis are reasonable to get into town. Um, there would be car rental there. You can just go from there on to Belfast or wherever else you'd be heading. Now, if I was going to Ireland for my first time, I'd want really crusty, traditional Irishmen. And when you go to the north, you'd think you're going to get a bunch of British guys. I mean, did you feel like the Irish 
culture was watered down by the fact that it was part of the United Kingdom when you were in the North? No, not really. Um, the interesting thing for me, because I'm Catholic, so I, you, know, I, you can walk into churches all over Europe, and maybe there's a few people there for Mass. They're never really packed unless the Pope turns up in Italy, that sort of thing. And it's similar to in Dublin in many ways, because the society has gotten so secular and so, um, so wealthy. But there's just something about the North, you know? I mean, they, that's a symbol to them of their culture as well. You know, on a Sunday, the churches are packed. What can I tell you? So people are—the Catholics in the North are, are packing the churches. It's still vibrant. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. Stephen's a Catholic from the North. What are your yeah, thoughts on that? Absolutely. I, mean, I, think, I think it's good. I mean, I love being from the North. I love the fact that we're, we have that difference. You know, myself and Declan, we debate this regularly over Guinness, all over many pubs all over the world, but— you know, I'm proud of the fact that we still have our spiritualism. We still have that. Some maybe, maybe it's a bit old-fashioned, but in some ways, Northern Ireland's a bit like what Europe might have been in the 17th century. You know, we still keep some of those mm-hmm. old beliefs going on. And both communities, I mean, church attendance in both communities, massive Protestants, Catholics, highest in the Christian world, I mean, without doubt. You know, I found the same thing in Poland. When I was in Poland, the churches are just alive. And in so much of the Europe, the churches feel like museums. But uh, in Poland and in Ireland, the churches are quite alive. Yeah, and also for where we are, going to church is also a statement of identity. That's right. You know, I mean, you're, you're you're the Catholic minority, what are you, 30, 33% of the population in the north? I'd say we're going closer to 45 now, Rick. Is that right? We're breeding rapidly up there. High population <laughs> growth. Okay. Hey, thanks, Debbie, for your call. Thank you. Take care. Okay, thanks, happy travels. We've got Bye. another Debbie on the line in Mesa, Arizona. Hi, Debbie. Hi. Thanks for calling. Oh, thank you for having me. I haven't been there in a very long time, but I considered where I lived in Ireland, my second home. Uh, the family was uh, very kind to me and accepted me as a member of the family, and I, was, uh, I took care of their three little girls. So you were a nanny in Ireland? Uh-huh. And yeah, uh, what, I, what town in Ireland? Where was it? Athlone. Athlone. Wow, an American I, I nanny in Ireland. Midwest. I didn't. Yeah. Um, originally, I had a work permit to work in Dublin, and I had it re- arranged before I left for the States. And when I got to Dublin, they told me, well, we're not going to be ready for you. Uh, come back in like three weeks. So I went, well, I have a British Rail Pass. So I turned around, went back to England for three weeks. And then I came back to Dublin, and he was surprised to see me to come back. And he said, well, I won't be ready for 10 more days. This is a restaurant that I was going to work at. And uh, so I went down to the Wicklow Mountains and did the, um, the, a day's walk to a hostel, and then you do another day's walk to the next hostel. Mm-hmm. Spent about five days going from hostel to hostel. And then I went back to Dublin. He had, gave me some work to do painting and cleaning up the place. Uh, obviously, I was so young back then, I wasn't, I, it, it just wasn't that obvious to me at that time. But then it became obvious I wasn't going to have a job because he just kind of said we ran out of money. and. So then I went, took a train, and went to uh, originally went to Clara um, in the Midlands and uh, stayed with uh, some parents of a friend I had met before um, in Switzerland. And I was with his parents, and they took care of me, and they in- introduced me to a group called the Twigs, a musical group. The Twigs? And, uh, the Twigs. I don't know oh, if you yeah. ever heard of them. Not um, yet, no. It was a long time ago, 1976. Okay. It's the year and, I was um, born. <laughs> <laughs> But basically, Debbie, you ended up in the sm- in the on the west coast, far away from the big city, huh? Well, in the Midlands, I guess. And yeah, a- Athlone yeah. is right in the middle of Ireland. Oh, okay. The Shannon River well, divides. Clara is an Offaly, yeah. I think. Does and Offaly sound familiar to you? We down there with the Offaly people, County Offaly. No. No, that, that, that's where I think uh, that's where Clara is located. You mentioned it, huh. but you're in the Billy, you're in the uh, middle. The area. Littles. Have you heard of the Littles and Clara? The Littles. Um, Dwyer's is who I, the last name oh, in Athlone, the Dwyer's. I think I know the Dwyer's. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ireland for you. Do you know the Dwyer's? I think I do. You think you do? PJ and Olive. I've heard of PJ. He's a farm veterinarian. He, he kind of travels around Ireland, takes care of the farm animals. Yeah. Um, now, he may be retired by now, because that was a long time ago when, I was, uh, when he was doing, doing that work. And then his wife. Uh-huh. You know, you can do that. When I came into uh, Downpatrick, I think, or, uh, and I met a man, his name was Eamon, and all I knew that well, he was a plumber. So I got into town, and I said, uh, I'm looking for Eamon. And they go, uh, you want Eamon the plumber? Yeah, uh-huh. Eamon the plumber. <laughs> they all knew. The, the town I lived in was that small. It was just really a different way of life for me. It was mm. totally different. Did I really you cut any it. turf when you were there in the middle, in the Midlands? Did, did I what? Did you go to the bog and cut any turf? Oh, yeah. The people that I, the, the parents I was with, the older couple, they took me to the bog. Yeah. That's what they used. So they heated for, their houses with, uh, yeah, with peat. With the peat, yeah. And, um, and like maybe on Monday they had 
liver at the butcher. Tuesday they had something else. Every day was a different day. Um, it was so simple. Memoirs of a nanny in the middle of Absolutely. Ireland. Hey, and, Debbie, thanks. we got to get on some more calls. Okay. Happy travels. Thank thanks you. for sharing. Take, Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. we got Sandy calling us from Fargo, North Dakota. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Rick. Thanks for your call. Yes, this is very exciting. Uh, we are, for the first time, going to London and Ireland, uh, six days in each spot. Um, my question is... Um, I'm 65, my husband is 71, and we're very nervous about driving, have never driven on um, in this type of situation before. Um, first of all, will he be able to get a license to drive over there? 71-year-old driver? He will be. Uh, uh, anyone yeah. over 25 will be, no problem. And basically, the, the driving in Ireland, um, as long as you're sort of outside the main cities, uh, there is very little traffic. There's really. no traffic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the the main arterial roads between the cities there'd, there'd be traffic, right? But once you're out in the countryside, uh, there wouldn't be that much traffic at all. Uh, we plan only to the southwest part of Ireland for this trip, and um, uh, a travel agent told a friend of mine, "Do not use a car. Go on a tour bus because the stone fences are so high you can't see anything." Yeah, but at the same time, you'd be very limited in where where you go and what you see. It sounds like somebody trying to sell a tour to me. I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, so. the stone fence is kind of... I've never... I've driven in Ireland a lot, uh, and I'll tell you, it's a small island, but things are slow going because uh, the roads are, are quite small. Yeah, I don't think you'll have any problems. Just watch speed. I mean, yeah. there's you know, speed can be a problem. Watch the corners. You come up to them, and obviously remember to stay on the left. And sure. <laughs> Get a car with a sunroof and stick your head out the roof. and have a See over the stone <laughs> ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, I, there's a, you can rent your car in the southwest, and I might propose taking the train... Uh, all the way as far as you can go to the southwest and then pick up your car out there and then take the train back to Dublin or fly home from Shannon. That would be a good point, too, yeah. Um, I think we're going to try and fly into Cork. Uh, That's a good idea. Yes. Fantastic airport, Cork Airport. There's actually a little airport out there in in, the Dingle area, too, I think. Yeah, there's one. uh, There's the uh, Kerry Kerry, Kerry Kerry Airport. Airport, You fly to London from there. uh, Uh, From London to there, yeah. Yeah. What about the idea of of, uh, combining using a car and then catching up with uh, some of these uh, tours that go out of each little major area? Wonderful local tours from each town, local people that are retired school teachers or whatever that love to take small groups around in their minibuses. And uh, you combine that passion for sharing and the Irish gift of gab and so much history just drenching the countryside. It's a beautiful half day. How would you recommend uh, hooking up with those? Any tourist information office. Any tourist, yeah. Board Foyle, it's called in Ireland. Yeah. They'll, yeah. they'll give you all the details, book the tickets, and they're usually these tours will depart from the tourist office. That's always the There's an embarrassment place. of options there. There's so much going yeah. on because all these uh, small-time entrepreneurs are scrambling to get business. So good luck with that, Sandy. Thank you very much. Have fun. Let us know how your See trip you, goes. Sandy. Thank you. Oh, we have somebody with a beautiful name for this interview, Tara from Athens in Ohio. Tara, how are you? Just fine, thanks. How are you doing? Tara, what does that mean to an Irishman, Tara? Tara is the name of our ancient capital. Your ancient the capital. Hill Tara, the Hill of Tara, just outside Dublin. In County Meath. That's where, that's where the High King of Ireland used to sit. Not just any old hill. Not no, no, no. Wow, that is the spiritual sort of soul of Ireland there exactly. in that hill, I think. Yeah, really, yeah. Tara, did you know that? <laughs> yes, actually, I, I, I did learn that. Actually, I think on my first trip to, to Ireland, to Dublin, I, uh, so I knew it was an Irish name, but yeah. to actually know... It's more than Anything an Irish name. When you, when you go to Tara, you've really hit the, the soul of Ireland. And I haven't visited Tara yet, so I'm hoping to get to do that soon. I like the word yet. <laughs> yet. We're, we got a question here for Declan or for Stephen. Well, actually, I'm getting ready to um, go back to Ireland this summer. It'll be my third trip there. It's been five or six years since I've been. I'm actually going for a friend's wedding. Um, they're getting married um, just south of Dublin. Um, her husband's actually from Belfast. Um, where are they getting married? Yeah. Do you know which town they're getting married in South Dublin? Um, I think the uh, ceremony is actually going to be in Greystones. Oh, Greystones, yeah. And know. then I think they're having their reception at Powers Court. Oh, oh very wow. nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah. I'm not that wild about gardens in general, but Powers, Powers Court is amazing. awesome. Nice. Powers yeah, Court I'm, I'm very excited about it and excited. A lot of our friends that are going, of course, our friend, friends that are getting married, they're going to be very busy with the preparations ahead of time, so I get to kind of play tour guide to everybody else since oh. I've actually been there before. That's brilliant. All Paris right. Court Gardens. It'll be quite exciting, I think. Have a great time on your trip. Thank you. Um, is it is it fairly easy in that area? We're not planning on renting a car at this point, although it's still an option we're considering. Um, we're planning on using the Dart a lot between Greystones, Bray, up to Dublin. Um, the Dart, for people who don't know, is the commuter train that zips people in and out of Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Dublin area rapid transport. transport. Ah, Dart. Dart. Clever. And I, I'm not sure exactly on the area. How is it fairly easy to get to 
Tara from Dublin or from that area is there's day tours going up there um, you could take okay. a public bus up to Tara um, okay you could hire a car but a, a public bus or maybe one of the day tours would be better Tara itself okay. now unfortunately is a collection of hills all the, the palaces that were there were made of wood but right. if you have a good imagination, Tara is a paradise. There's a wonderful woman I've met up there, Jean, I think her name is, who takes you for a walk. That's right, hill. exactly. Is yeah, she you, still there? Yeah, and she talks about where the halls were and where the great chariot races took place and all the sacrifices and how St. Patrick lit the Paschal fire on the opposite hill to, to take off the, the pagan kings and just, just a wonderful place. Great, great source of energy as well. We get people going there just for spiritual reasons, you know, to mm-hmm. sort of tap into the energy source that they think exists. All right, Tara, thank you for your call. Thank you. All right. Something something very romantic to me about Ireland is the smell of a peat fire. And when I walk through a village, I can actually get this uh, whiff of uh, peat burning in the people's uh, fireplaces. Do people still actually heat their homes with peat? Some, some, do, yeah. some do, yeah. yeah. Peat is like halfway to coal, right? They cut it out of the bogs, and yeah. it's just like a what we would call a, pre- a lightweight presto log. Yeah. And it, and it fills your, your your house or your room with a beautiful aroma of nature when it's burned. So people like it for that ambience. Oh, yeah. kind of. I mean, people wouldn't necessarily cut it these days because they need to. Everyone has access to natural gas sure. and oil. But um, just, you know, the tra- tradition, my old, my grandfather would always have had turf. It's a very kind of evocative it. smell, you know. Oh, you, yeah. you walk into a room and oh, where it. there's a, a turf fire going and yeah. you sit down beside the turf fire yeah. and uh, it's just a, a beautiful yeah. sort of and ambience. I, and I just love seeing the basket full of turf sitting beside the fireplace. And I find it very therapeutic to lift a, a log of turf put it on the fire, and watch it burn. Also, tourists going into Ireland, they've got a lot of tacky things they want to do, and one of the top is kiss the Blarney Stone. Is that even worth the trouble? I think so. I'm at the Blarney Stone. Oh, God, in the off-season, I'm there maybe once a week, once every two weeks with groups. And um, Do they like it? Oh, they always enjoy it. You know, it's something... I mean, you, it, okay, it's, it may not be... It's supposed to give you the gift of uh, eloquent speech or the gift of the gab for seven right. years, but as far as I you know, some people might not find it a magical experience, but... Every year, I think one million people pay seven euros each to kiss a stone on the top of a castle. A million that's owned people by a pay private, ten bucks each to kiss the Blarney that's Stone. That's owned by a private individual. Now, that's pretty magical to me, you know. So, <laughs> so, and people go there to kiss it. No one comes away grumpy. They, they, you're going to smile. You're, you're held by your, uh, by your waist by one of the sort of funniest men in the whole of Cork. Um, you're leaning back, yeah, back up kissing down. a stone that uh, 25 Japanese people have just slobbered all over. It's just slathered with lipstick and spit. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's got to be some... Uh, so just for people who haven't been there, there, no, you climb up to this ruined castle and it is really ruined. There's no rooms left on it. You climb up the spiral staircases inside of the walls, kind of. You get to the very top and you've got this magic stone that's hanging out over the edge. Yeah. And you're like up four stories or something like this and you kiss this thousand-year-old castle stone. Yeah, but I think I think everyone who comes there and should give it a kiss. You know, Declan, you agree? No, I think so, yeah. It, 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 it's a thing to do, you know. And, and uh, when, when I go over and uh, if there's somebody from France or whatever that comes with me, I'll take them down and they'll go up and kiss the stone. Yeah. So it's not just an American thing. Any it's, oh, no, no, no. It's, okay. it's, it's, uh, even, even people from Dublin do it, you know. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> Very good. Hey, well, <laughs> Ireland che, che Guevara kissed it once. Did he? Yeah. Che Guevara kissed, yeah. The, kissed yeah. the blind His real name was Ernesto Guevara Lynch. His grandfather was a Corkman. Huh. So he kissed it once. Declan kissed it too. Swallowed it once. <laughs> All right. There's plenty more in Ireland as we travel with Stephen McPhillamy and Declan Field. 877-333-RICK or email us at radio at ricksteves.com I'm talking with uh, uh, Declan uh, Field from County Cork and Stephen McPhillamy from the North of Ireland, County Derry. What county is Derry in? Oh, it's in County Derry or County Co- London County Derry. Derry. Now, there's all these different counties in Ireland, and uh, people always say, I'm a Cork man, I'm from Kerry. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? Is, is there really a distinct personality from these two? Oh, there would be, yeah. We've got thir- 32 counties. 32 counties in Ireland, yeah. And we, uh, we've got 32 counties, we've got four provinces. So the, the province I come from would be Munster. Okay. And uh, the province Stephen comes from would be Ulster, yeah. so there'd be fierce rivalry between us in, but in sport matters like in hurling or mm-hmm. in in uh, Gaelic football or in uh, rugby or, or soccer, uh, we'd we'd have um, like county teams and parish teams, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Cork and Kerry would be fierce rivals. And so I get the sense that Cork and Kerry are fierce rivals. Oh, we are. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, what, what do you, what do you think of those uh, Kerry but, 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 but we love each other. Is that right? <laughs> but what's ironic about the counties, Rick, is that these were political sort of uh, jurisdictions imposed on us by the English. Huh. You know, they weren't Irish creations. Uh, we had provinces, the Irish Celts had four provinces, and the English came and said, in order to control you guys, we're going to divide you up into counties like you have in England. But the English, of course, are, are sensible people. They give us counties based on where the clans used to be. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so it does so mirror the pre- exactly. The sort like of for example, Donegal is where the O'Donnells used to live. Tyrone is where the O'Neills used to live. And these two uh, clans beat the living daylights out of each other for hundreds of years. Mm. Right. So today, when Donegal play Tyrone in Gaelic football, it's not really just Donegal against Tyrone. It's the O'Donnells against the O'Neills ah. six hundred years later. Similarly, in Cork, you'd have the, the the O'Sullivans and the McCarthys in Cork. You know, and uh, you'd, you'd still find if you, if you go down, it's very interesting actually. If you go. Um, down to Cork, pick up a, a, a telephone directory and yeah. look through the names, and you, you'll see literally history in the page, as in the clans that. So came you could from page that area. through a phone book in some town in Ireland and make a pretty good guess at what yeah, county you're yeah. in by the names you'd find. I think ninety percent of the time, if someone said to me their surname, I know exactly where they're from. Is that right? Give or take t- five or ten They say miles. their family name, you know where they're from. Totally, and, and even if they're American or Canadian, if they say to me they're O'Neill, they're, they're Tyrone, if they're MacDonald, they're County Antrim, if they're Fitzgerald, they're usually Kerry or Cork. Murphy, they're nearly always definitely Cork. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Although yeah. there is a small, unrelated Murphy clan up in South Armagh. Huh. You know, there's O'Toole's from mm-hmm. Wicklow, there, uh, O'Malley's from small, Westport. Small country, yeah. small mm-hmm. town feel in the country. Mm-hmm. Now, you're from Cork and from Derry. Are there different characteristics of the of, of the people from these different counties? The, the people from Cork, we, we, we call Cork the true capital of Ireland. Why is that? And, uh, because it is, really. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call Kerry? Um, well, I wouldn't like to say. Really. <laughs> the Kerry, oh, that, that, although the Kerry people call themselves the kingdom. The kingdom. Uh, the that's kingdom right, they've got a place yeah. called the kingdom of Kerry. Yeah. Why well, they well, well, that? well, that's well, their well, own description for the place, just God's well, kingdom. I, I asked, uh, when I first went down to Kerry when I was working as a tour guide for, um, for Uric, uh, I was asking everybody, because I wanted to tell my people, why is Kerry called the Kingdom? And every Kerryman I asked couldn't tell me why, until I finally, I was getting a, t- a taxi back from Ballyferreter, back to Dingle one night, and I asked the local, uh, the, the, the taxi driver, and he rang a local historian for me, and he told me that Queen Maeve had two sons, he, she had Con and Kia, and she gave a stretch of land beside the sea uh, west of Galway to Con, and that's Connemara. And she gave a stretch, uh, uh, a lump of land south in, uh, in uh, southwest Munster, to uh, Kia, and that's Kia Ri. He's because uh, Ri is the Irish for king. Okay. Yeah. Now, so one Kiri. one man told me. I think it was a Cork guy. He said when the stupidest men in Cork moved to Kerry, the average intellect of both counties went up. That, yeah, that, well, <laughs> Have you heard yeah. of that? Is that the story? I've, or what's I've the heard that, but I mean, uh, I've got a lot of friends in Kerry, and maybe we should. Uh, <laughs> and the, and the you prob- guys are so polite. I'm trying to get you going on this. I, <laughs> you're on the radio in America, so you're being polite. But there's a wonderful spirit between counties over there. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Great, great rivalry. Hel- and, a healthy rivalry. And, yeah, a, and, a, and also, every county has a different accent. The accents are very different. Is that right? You can identify people by yeah. their, by there's their an, accent. There's a northern, western, southern, eastern accent, but then within that, you've got 5, 10, 15 different accents. So, Declan, when you think of who you are, do you think of yourself as a Cork person, an Irish person, or are you? European? Um, I'm, I'd say first and foremost uh, a European because I mean I, I've been so living in France for the last 18 years. So you're, like, so yeah, you're the modern European really, yeah. an Irishman uh, in and, France. And secondly I'd be an Irishman and uh, an Irishman and a, and a Corkman. All right. And how is the European, you guys are in the EU, Ireland is in the EU, Britain is not. Is yeah. that right? What? No. Not, not the EU, in the, the, EU, the, the, the Euro, Euro you mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. So. How is your membership in the EU has that been good for Ireland? Have you lost a lot of sovereignty? Does it threaten no, your I traditions? Think it's been fantastic for it's us. It's been yeah. fa- fantastic for Ireland. I mean, when I left Ireland in '87, um, Ireland was a second world country, really. Now, yeah. it, now it's a first world country, and, and that's yeah, because of EU membership. Yeah, I think uh, largely, oh, so. largely. Yeah, in terms of and financial investment, but also the credibility it's given us and the and the, the dignity it's given us. You know, like it's often said that our politicians punch way above their weight. In yeah. the halls of power in Strasbourg and Brussels, there's lots of oh. Irish uh, European commissioners. You know, these are powerful men and women in the European hmm. Commission, and and Ireland, in proportion to our population, we're we're way overrepresented up there. You know, we're we're seen as good diplomats. We're seen as English-speaking Europeans who actually want to be part of the European dream. More so than the English. Oh, absolutely. And you know. we'd also be seen uh, as a sort of a neutral country in the negotiations, where we wouldn't we we wouldn't necessarily have affiliations with the with the British or wow. or with the French or, or, or with yeah, the Germans. Yeah, British you know? British uh, politics are steered by America to a great extent. To a huge uh, a huge extent. So yeah. an Irishman in the European uh, Parliament would have a little more credibility. People would listen to you. Well, yeah, exactly. We, we, we have a lot of credibility there. A lot of authenticity. You know? and and uh, you've got a lot of money coming in from basically France and Germany, Historically, right? uh, that's stopped now, though, Rick. We, and Britain. We, we contribute more than yeah, we get. We, is that right? Yeah, we, so with the new, the new 10, the former Warsaw Pact countries, uh, you guys are kind of up to speed now. Yeah. So you've got no more money coming in from Germany to build your roads. Not yeah, as much. We have a little bit. We're, we're paying out more than they yeah. would pay us now. Because so you guys are up to snuff. Our the roads whole, are whole. almost entirely up to scratch. Our infrastructure is up to scratch. You know, we've, we're down to below 3% unemployment. The education is as good as anywhere in Germany or France. So we, we're there now. We've achieved the dream. The whole rationale was to identify the economic weak links of the European and Union. And bring us up to par with Subsidize the them, yeah. bring out. It's good for the economy yeah. of all in and Europe. To say something more about Europe, uh, in, in the 70s and 80s in Ireland, uh, 
if we were going on our holidays to France, we'd say somebody would say, "Where are you, where are you going on your holidays?" And somebody, you know, we'd say, "Europe." But we are Europe, and, and we've, yeah. we've now finally realised uh, huh. that we are Europeans, and wow. um, we used to be on the, on the western fringes of, of, of Europe uh, geographically, and we still are there. But uh, socially, now we're we're at the, the, at the heart of Europe. Ha! Huh. That's a very uh, big shift. Yeah, you no yeah. longer going to Europe; you're part of Europe. Yeah. Is Ireland a secular state or a Catholic state? Uh, the Republic now is a very secular state. The Church has st- certainly got an influence on individuals, but not on the community that it used to have. Has that been a precondition for being part of the European Union? Uh, no. Oh, uh, we, we, we still are the only uh, society in the European Union that uh, forbids abortion. There hasn't been a legal abortion ever performed in the Republic of Ireland. Are abortions um, performed in Ireland, or do people just go to Britain? Uh, abortions are performed in Britain, yeah. They're we okay. export our problem, really, to, to Britain. Okay, so well, people well, do get an abortion if they, if they want one. It, not, it not, just not, takes in money. not in Ireland. No, not in no, Ireland. Nowhere can it be performed legally. But they'll have to leave the country. They'll have to go to a state where it's permitted. And interestingly, it's also banned in Northern Ireland, even though where hmm. I live is part of the United Kingdom. Hmm. Britain passed its Abortion Act in 1967, but they didn't extend it to Northern Ireland because they knew that we were a different people that didn't want it. Wow. What about divorce? Divorce was legalized in 96 in a referendum. 1996? Yeah, a very bitter referendum. Before that, people could not get a divorce in Ireland. You could get get a... Separation? A separation, but that was all. You know, you still remained legally married to that spouse forever, that person. You could never marry somebody else? No, not in in the eyes of the church, obviously, and you still can't do that, but but also not in the eyes of the state. Or in the eyes of the neighborhood? In what in, like your community, your your friends, would you be looked down upon if you? I think it was frowned upon. Yeah, it's, you know. Well, uh, I don't know about that really because um, the people used to separate uh, mm-hmm. on, on a quite but, a, but not on a, a massive regular scale. Basis. I didn't know anyone uh, grown up who was separated. Um, maybe well, one, I, maybe two, but you know. I I grew up in in Dunleary, which would be a kind of a more liberal uh, suburb of Dublin, yeah, and I, I did go to school with a lot of. Um, a lot of my uh, schoolmates, uh, their parents were separated. Big city? Uh, yeah, around a big city. Yeah, yeah. But in the countryside, you almost knew nobody no, no, was where separated. I, where I grew up, no, definitely not. But these days, you know, it's, it's not people... Like Irish are also understanding people. I know we're not going to... I'd like to think we're right. not going to castigate someone over right. what about, other uh, problems like that. What about birth control and condoms these days? Well, <laughs> they're they're readily available now, but they were they were legal too until 1996. We had a referendum on that big also. Big change in 96. Yeah. So now we have our. Um, What's the Irish take on the new pope? I think. Well, I don't. I don't know if there's um, a massive. Uh, I think. I, I think, I think we're still waiting, really, on that yeah, one. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're still waiting to see what what he does. There was so much affection for the old one. It's tough act to follow, really. People think of the pope, and you know, this is a, some new German guy who's come in. Really, he's not the pope to us. You know, but but yeah. I'm sure that'll happen eventually. Yeah. I'll tell you a, fun, a funny story about the divorce debate. I mean, the RTE, the, the national television uh, station, went out into the countryside to talk to people around the country. And they went down into County Limerick and they were, they were interviewing people coming out of, out, of, uh, out, of, out of mass. And they said, are you pro or anti-divorce? And this woman said, I'm totally against divorce. And well, could you expound on that, please? And, and uh, she said, well, I'm totally against divorce because for the last 25 years I've been married to the biggest, and then she used an expletive. Uh, and I, if, I can, if I can't get away from I don't see why anybody else should be able to get away from them. So in, 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 in those terms, of, you know. One, one more reason to hang on to that law. Hey, uh, Bono, big famous guy. Bono, you too. Is he, he's Time Magazine Man of the Year 2005 in the United States. Is he big in Ireland? Bono is very well respected. Yeah, he's our one big international star, and and we're very happy that you know we have an international star who wants to eradicate world poverty and not famous for shooting heroin or shooting people or you know something else. So he's the uh, very well respected. In yeah, America. and the fact that he still lives amongst us is impressive. Instead of going after the south of France or yeah, Barbados, does he really? He lives out in Killiney, lives in, in yeah, south, south County Dublin. Yeah, but uh, it's funny actually when you, when you think about the the, the, um, the Irish uh, musicians and and. Um, their involvement in, in uh, uh, charity. I think so too. Bob Geldof. Bob Geldof, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right. he, he got a Live Aid going back in the, the early what, what, what would a guy like Bono or Bob Geldof think about the traditional music scene in Ireland? Oh, to be well into it. They, 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 Definitely. Like we, we're, we're mad into, the, into uh, diverse music in, in Ireland. You know to me, it's interesting. In America, square dancing is sort of like uh, some folk museum. But uh, in Ireland, the equivalent, uh, traditional music, fiddle playing and so on, it's it's popular. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. uh, it's popular. I think also because and it's, it's thriving. It's it's evolving. Also, you know, it, it's it's called traditional music, but we're we're always looking for new influences. Right. Um, 
you know, one of the instruments played in, in uh, the pubs in Ireland, if you go over there, you'll see uh, is a bazooki, and a bazooki comes from Greece. Right. And uh, they, they've, they've uh, taken this, we've taken this instrument to our hearts, and uh, yeah. there's some fantastic bazooki. And, and maybe also just in the fact that the music is lively and electrifying, it's not a, it's sort of... It's riveting. It's, you know, yeah, what's the, like a sort of banal, sort of stoic, you know... Discipline type of there's a lot of you can a lot of impulse there and it's a, a lot celebration. Of it's a celebration of life and it's drenched in your own heritage. Oh, I have a brother who's a piper and he's been playing for well, since he was 16. He's now 25 and that has just totally consumed his life playing yeah. the Irish bagpipes, the Ilan pipes. And as a traveler, it is so accessible. Anybody who doesn't have any great expertise at meeting people or any of this sort of thing, they can find themselves in a pub surrounded by this ambience, yeah. just engulfed yeah. in traditional Ireland. And I've noticed it now more that the more I travel internationally, the more I realize, God, we've got so much music back home. Oh, yeah. You know, this is not oh, in yeah. Australia. This is not in France as much. It's not in... No, you don't find it you anywhere know, in Europe, in my experience. No. If you want live music in the pubs, yeah. accessible, great beer, yeah, yeah. lots of good Absolutely. conversation. Exactly. And most, most humans will, with any soul, when they hear uh, a bit of music, are going to tap their foot along or... M- music isn't just a, a sort of a background noise for us in Ireland. Uh, I'd say it's almost used as a language, you know, because oh, yeah. people, once you get into a good, a good session, you'd be exchanging almost musical ideas between each other, you know, like or, or ex- exchanging emotions through oh. music. And you can be in a thriving pub and some woman starts to sing some lament. Yeah, and yeah. Acapella, the, the, the and pub will quieten straight away. Yeah. Everybody's I quiet. I love that moment. Yeah. And yeah. right yeah. now I'm just, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about yeah. it. I want to yeah. go to Ireland. Yeah. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. I'm talking with two Irish friends of mine, Declan Field from County Cork and Stephen McPhillamy from Ulster in the north. And uh, we've got Anne on the line from New Jersey. Hi, Anne. Hi, how you doing? Great. Thanks for calling. Great. Um, well, a very exciting thing going on in my family. My parents have been over to Ireland a few times tracing our roots, and um, we're going to be heading there with our basically our entire family. Um, there'll be seven adults, one 17-year-old, one 11-year-old, and my son, who's 18 months. So we're off for quite an adventure. I know that um, we do want to go visit um, the place where our ancestors are from. And uh, with a name like Stevenson, do you guys know where that might be? Stevenson? I'd say Norway. (laughs) 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 I would bet it's England. Well, I would imagine it's the north now, the the one Ah. she's talking about, because Stevenson to me sounds like it could be Scottish, because wasn't Robert Louis Stevenson Scottish? Uh, he yeah. was, Stephen. He was. <laughs> it's well, Stevenson with a PH. Okay, well, that's different. That, yeah. might, that could be. I, I'll, do you know where it is? Are you just trying yeah. to test us? Yep. I'm going to go for the north somewhere first, and then I'll take a second guess at Kilkenny. Um, the only thing that I know is it's from a place called Arda. Arda. Which is in County Limerick? Or, or. Are you sure know. it's not Armagh? No, oh Arda. God, I'm way off. <laughs> well, you've just embarrassed me in front of 40 million internet users. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Nice. So we're wondering, um, we're thinking about renting an apartment that's kind of central for everybody and then just kind of travel out from there to go on daily jaunts. No, um, this, is a, this is in Arda, is it? Um, or in Dublin? Well, or where? Just in, in Ireland in, in general. We right. haven't even looked into it, yeah. how, you know, thought about it much. We just kind of threw the ideas around because they just mentioned it at Christmas. Yeah. Do you know what, and, do you, can I just make a suggestion mm-hmm. to you straight away? If you went to the Irish Tourist Board's website, there's um, lots of developments around the, the coastline in the west where they have you can hi- hire your own almost sort of little village of three to four little thatched cottages. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that might sound a bit quaint and a bit whatever, but I think it's a wonderful experience. You've got a thatched roof. You've got you can put the four fa- I don't know if, if it's four families that you have, but you can put everyone into four different little places. You have a little um, place for kids to run around. You know this is it's enclosed with a stone wall. You know, you have four or five fields around you. There's lots of space. But yeah. if, if you were thinking of uh, maybe uh, using the Midlands as a base, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'd do that myself. 
I think I'd stay close to the coast, and uh, there's nothing wrong with the Midlands at all. Like, but uh, you know, you'd, you'd go towards the coast, and you'd be closer to much more uh, breathtaking scenery and, and uh, uh, more, a more kind of interesting landscape. Mm. I think mm, possibly. Yeah. Neat. Okay. Um, we also had an idea of renting a houseboat. Oh. I don't know how can you do that feasible that yeah, is. You You've got industrial canals. Yeah. We have some of the finest navigable waterway systems in the whole of Europe. I didn't know that. Oh, wonderful. Is it, is it a green line, is it? Or, or the Emerald, uh, Emerald, Emerald line. line, yeah. Is but it a again, canal or a river? It's a, it's a, the River Shannon, but it's, there's, it's linked by canals as well. Right. So all over the Industrial Age Britain, they had these industrial canals because that was the cheapest, most economic way to move your industrial wares and your coal yeah. and so on. And yeah. today they don't use them for that so much, but they're recreational. But Rick, the great thing about our, our system is that you know, the whole middle of Ireland is a bog, so a thousand years ago, 1,500 years ago, you couldn't walk around it because it was covered in bog land and it was full of wolves and it was full of forests and full of these wild barbarian Celts in there trying to kill you. So people used to uh, only travel by the river. Ah. So hmm. all our finest monasteries and Celtic crosses right. and castles and everything yeah, else, they're, they're all along the river on yeah. little islands. And, and I remember a lot of them are tidal, so they would get this tidal push for miles up the way. That's right. So you could kind of hitch a ride on the tide going exactly, in. Exactly, yeah. And and, and uh, I think you have an Irish class how to use the boat. I think it's only forward and reverse, Declan. Is that right? Basically, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've I've worked on uh, on um, hotel boats and small boats, uh, but not in Ireland, but I've done it in France. And you learn inside. I wouldn't even say it's an hour, Stephen. I'd say it's more like twenty minutes myself. Wow, <laughs> good man. So, what would be what would you guys suggest? Would you suggest that that um, thatch roof village? Well, I just think it might be something different, boat. but you can get lots of nice houses too. Uh, there's 17 adults, did you say? No, there's um, seven, seven adults. Oh, seven, okay. One 17 year old, one 11 year old, and then my son who's 18 months, which kind oh, of yeah. scares us you, to death going there house. with him. Yeah, you get one nice, one nice house, or even yeah, book out a B and B for. for I'd, I'd a stay in a B and B. It cost yeah. you, cost you a little more, but you get uh, somebody who's your host and cooking you breakfast, and yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's just uh, three or four rooms. Many of the B and Bs have have that many rooms. Yeah. Okay. The the boat would be good, but you're restricted then to you know to the River Shannon. You might you know, if you you'd like to go off into Galway too, wouldn't you? And go down to Kerry and maybe make it up to Donegal in the northwest. And uh-huh. so it might be better just to stay yeah. on land. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. And thanks for your call. Great. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Happy man. travels. Thanks. Declan Field from County Cork. Stephen McPhillamy from the North Derry. Thank you very much for joining us and best wishes. Gorav Mila Mahagot. Gorav Mahagot. Travel with Rick Steves is produced by Tim Tatton at Europe Through the Back Door in Edmonds, Washington. There's more online in the radio section at ricksteves.com. Join us next time as we travel with Rick Steves. Travel with Rick Steves is brought to you by American Airlines. With their new Advantage Award booking tool, it's easier than ever to book to over 800 Advantage Award destinations online at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly.